welcome to Third World Gaming, the gaming podcast voted most likely to be a podcast about gaming. Hey, I'm Dairon Gamer Miko, and with me is the fluffy cow of doom, Paolo. Did I hear I was a fluffy cow? No, clown. Okay. Just so you know, you're all creepy. Clowns are creepy, right? <laughs> that depends on how creepy you're talking about. Anyway, so right now we're going to give you the most awaited thing that we could not give last week or the week before. Or the year before. When it was be most appropriate. But hey, we are last in news and first in content. You or got the other way around. <laughs> you got you got and I'm and I bring this up now because I assume that you guys probably would only be able to make this list at this point. We're talking about the top ten, just so you know. It's games, not any other list. Games of twenty thirteen. I say this because I'm pretty certain you won't you wouldn't have been able to finish all the games you bought last year last year. I take that challenge. Wait, at the time that's done is the <laughs> yeah, you are no. You still have time. It's just negative. Anyway, guys, so Paolo's gonna give us his top ten games of 2013. These are games from 2013. Uh, next week, I'll give my list of games that I played during 2013, just to give a little bit of difference. Anyway, so Paolo starts off with number ten. My number ten game is probably one of it. My number ten game is probably going to be a rather expected choice. My number ten is Pokemon GTA Five. <laughs> Pokemon X. Second guest. <laughs> what do you mean Pokemon X? Why not Pokemon Y? Why no Y? Because I was trying. Because I assumed that most of my friends got Y. Okay. Uh, and and the final thing, the final star was my cousin. She had she, her her mom bought both of both of the versions. And so she basically had a Pokemon X that she that was just lying in the house. I had the money, so I just asked her. I just asked my cousin and asked her mom, and then threw the money, grabbed the game, got out. I'm not sure if this is theft or purchase. Call it forcible purchase. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, what? So do you think X is really a great game as compared to Y? Are they really that different? Why Pokemon X, not Pokemon Ruby Red? Because Ruby Red is awesome. That was fire red, from what I recall you showing to me. Hey, it's red. <laughs> yeah. And it had Charizard, even though Blastoise is far more awesome. Ruby had Groudon, who isn't even a fire type. I play on a Mac, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but yeah, Pokemon X, do you think is really worth all the hype? I mean, uh, this is on a lot of people's lists, but is Pokemon X really all the hype would put it up to be? To put it plainly, I would say that it meets the hype... It- I would say it does meet the hype, but I would not say that it meets all of the hype. To put it plainly, the reason why it got onto my list was because it was a well-executed game. It did it con it did for me in a really strong way what Pokemon has always done for me in a really strong way. Like stick animals and balls. Show off that and show off a show off what a JRPG is. Based solely on mechanics. Oh, okay, that's a reasonable way to look at it. Because when I look, when I, th- after thinking about it a lot, I came to the realization that Pokemon was the best way to analyze the JRPG if looking at it solely mechanically. We stuff things in balls. You you stuff things in balls, and you can only carry six six of them at a the time. You have to you have to have a good team combination if you want to win um, ter- tournaments against 12-year-olds who probably might end up cheating and find loopholes to use all the legendaries. This does sound like Final Fantasy VII. Except your enemies 
Your enemies are little kids and not... So Halo? Sephiroth. Imagine... Final Halo. No, Halo. Imagine the Halo kids and Sephiroth, like, did the fusion technique. Cod. (laughs) Cod with little critters. Anyway, is this a game you'd suggest people should buy? Is it something that you would say, buy a DS to play this game? Yes and no. Is yes if I have money? Um, no... I would say no on the grounds that the game is great in and of itself, but but I would but there are more. But to be honest, if that was the only reason you were looking at the 3DS, then don't get it. But again, that's that that's if it was the only reason. And you know, essentially, you're just buying it as a Pokemon machine. I'd say yes because it is a good game with a lot of with a lot of content. With a lot of content, and the content is just well, rather well executed. And for people who have been like dis um, disavowed from Pokemon for several from several years, well, any of you from any of you that was so in love with Gen One should know that you can, you know, roll with your roll with your roll with your favorite starter. One five one for life. Yeah, you can get yeah you can get blast yeah you can get your Blastoise because at a certain turtle tank. Yeah, you can get your turtle tank because at a certain point you'll not only get the starters from this region, you'll also be offered the Kanto starters. Nice with hyperstones. So at number nine, number nine. Let my head boil because I think I might have have interchanged my number six my number six with with it. Wait, wait. My number nine game for 2014 was actually was Killzone Mercenary on the PlayStation Vita. Killzone Mer- Mercenary. The trailer lied to me. No, that was Kill- <laughs> that was Killzone Two. It still lied to me. Killzone it showed 2. me the most awesome thing ever, then took it away. That was like Kill- the Dreamcast. That was Killzone Two. No, it was Dreamcast. It was awesome. They took it away from me. That was both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Killzone, I mean, did it, is it not really a game that wasn't too hyped up too much? I mean, my biggest memory again was really... The Killzone 2, the Killzone 2 fa- give, give you expectations that would never be possible trailer. Yeah. Um, the hype here was actually much toned down in comparison to that. In fact, most of the hype being shown was actually of the game running natively on on the on the system and basically what you were what was being shown in the final tra- in the trailers at announcement was actually very close to what we got at the launch and to be and to be honest in some respects it actually exceeded some of my expectations and the expectations coming from the standpoint of the console killzone games one reason I really liked Killzone Mercenary was the way they integrated multiplayer with single player. Because the usual aspect of your first person shooters is to have the two aspects just, just cut, sim- cut into separate, cut into separate paths with a giant cleaver slammed right into the middle between them. Here that was a different case because basically your unlocks and your progression in some of these, um, in um in your single player game can affect your unlocks and progressions in multiplayer. Basically, it's a shared system. So basically, if uh, if you need to unlock more kit for you to use inside multiplayer or single player, all you have to do is you could just pl- um um demo scenario. I play the story campaign. I get I get a lot of Vecton dollars, and then I use that to buy different weapons, different vanguards, which is which are like which are kind of like. Per, your perks, except 
Except I could, I would say that they're more in your face than your standard perks. Than your standard perks. So basically, you unlock all of that stuff in your single player. When you go to multiplayer, you don't have to unlock that separately by doing some ad tedium tasks to unlock them. You can just access them via, you can just access them, um, at, at the get go. And apart from this integration, I like that the single player gives you more things, more things besides the rather linear, linear corridor shooter style that was actually implemented in Killzone 2. Oh, because, well, you could actually, because you could actually go at it stealth if you wanted to. Hey, it's stealth if no one's alive. Yeah, except, you know, yeah. No witness, stealth. Yeah, you could do also do so while in That's how I do it in Hitman. Yeah. Not a single witness is alive. You could also do Tracy, it. Tracy, I did not get, you know, the stealth rating. You could also do that while ensuring that your victims don't even see you. But yeah, but uh, since you're saying that single player is a major aspect here, is the single player really worth playing? Especially with lots of games where single player is kind of getting watered down over and over. I'd say it is worthwhile, but it isn't. It isn't the best thing ever because it's relatively short. To be a lot of it has to do with. Is the it like Ground Zero from Konami short, or is it like Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two short? Um, I'd say that you'll probably be done within a five... I'll say that if you're playing regularly at a, at a higher difficulty, you'll probably be done within a week or two. Oh, yeah, it's not so bad. But that's only because... But Hey, ground zero, you can be finished in 30 minutes. But that's only because... But this is also factoring stuff at like, re, like uh, retry... Really? Retries or repositioning. Re retries or repositioning. And one of the other strong points I have to give to uh, Mercenary was the multiplayer aspect. I mentioned to you the integration, but I also like the way the shooting feels and controls on a on a bleeping handheld. It was shocking that such a thing could actually Did work it vibrate? so well. Sadly, the Vita does not have uh, rumble. One ten would not buy. But it. But you do. Does it make laser noises? Yes. Can it make lightsaber laser noises? We have knives. We have we have knives. We have um. You could summon a little drone thing that shoots electricity all over the place. You can summon a. You can summon a sky drone that summons pillars of light that destroy your enemies. And you also have um. You do you technically have a sniper rifle that is essentially the Mega Buster. Five ten would consider. And now uh, at number eight we have At number eight we have Guacamelee. Is that like a very racist game about Mexicans? That's a not a racist game, more like a Is it about Mexicans? It is about luchadors. It is about luchadors. So uh, Mexicans. You're you are you are a cat you are an agave cactus farmer who, tur who turns into a luchador who ha who has to save his childhood best friend who is a chick. Like a chicken or a girl? A girl. But you get turned. <laughs> hey, but you do get turned into a chicken. The devil was turned into the chicken in the game, also. And um, you you can travel between the land of the living and the land of the and the land of the dead. And it's and it's one of those Metro Metroidvania style games. So basically, the whole world's interconnected, and the stuff where you can only go to a certain area after you unlock after you unlock this and that. And it's also chock full of all those loving references to to class old games or classic Nintendo Kana. Sounds like my old Mexican cruise. Yeah, with like, <clears throat> except 
Eh, yeah. Except, except you also throw in like stuff like freaking in mega, like freaking a match between Mega Hombre and uh, El Linko. Okay, so is this game like a wrestling game or is this like it's, a RPG type game? It's a like, is- Metroidvania style platformer. It is a Metroidvania style platformer in the lieu of Castlevania Symphony of the Night and well that's the most that's the most iconic example. Oh, and Metroid, yes. So I'd like to go off a hunch here. It's an indie game, right? Yes, it is an indie game. One of the more high profile one high profile ones because of the amount of coverage it's gotten, but yes. And they managed to handle the systems and progression pretty well. The the um they are, they did input a bit of a co- of a combo system in there, but that's one that one's mostly just for fun. But that one's mostly just for fun. It still works really well though. The powers and the platforming actually are are really good, and you ha- have to be pretty precise with certain things. For example, during certain platform sec- sections, I mentioned the whole travel between the land of the living and the dead. That can be done in the in the press of a button. There's a per- there's a reason for that because in certain platform sections, platforms are only going to be present if you switch to the di- a different realm of existence. Hey, this is like in Battlefield. There's a suicide button, so we have a chopper. Yeah, except this. Yeah, except you have to keep on doing doing that during some of the end game, like literally, like oh, like I have to keep life death, like literally, you're putting life and death on a Gatling gun. It's like putting life and death on a Gatling gun, and yeah, it's just an overall grand fun time. So, so being an indie game, how much are people looking to pay for this? Is it free? It goes anywhere from ten to fifteen dollars, and it's worth every and it's worth every penny. That's that. No, that was my number eight because that was my birth number. Now we have go on to G number seven. Seven. My number seven was actually a game. That was actually a Wii game from 2009, re-released on the PS Vita with a much better English translation. Wii Olympics. That would be. Wii Olympics is awesome. That was not. That was. That's owned by Nintendo. That would be so weird for it to just suddenly go on us on a Sony handheld. <laughs> no, that I'll game. Still play that on Sony handheld. That game was actually Muramasa Rebirth, which is also. A Metroidvania-style platform game. Only this time, it's a it's a kind of Metroidvania-style action RPG platformer, where where you play the stories of two people. One of them is this amnesiac ninja dude. Is that amnesiac ninja dude from amnesiac ninja dude who who basically was at the point of death and ended what ended up happening was this the soul of this dead guy fused with his soul to save his life. But because of that, he lost all his memories, and now he's now he has to get a back all, get back his memories. And then there's also this one. The other story is about this one this one chick who's actually a dude who possessed the chick and forced her soul out. But basically, they're technically sharing the same body, who's the chick's body. This so, yeah, this was like some weird crazy. This was some that's a samurai dude who wanted to like get ultimate power, like took over this. This uh, chick's body because he was actually trying to take over the body of that chick's uh, fiance. She went it away. He used some re- weird soul slash. He took he took her body instead. The and Olympics has bowling. Yes, it does have bowling. Yes, it does have bowling at the very. Yes, it does have bowling. And I put this game in the. The game gets on the list for the follow for a number of things. One swords. The sword play is actually really good. Apart from your standard comboing, you can. 
your the the combo the the um combat moves very fluidly actually so apart from your standard combos you can also like chain into things like you know oh those nin those uh, kind of ninja movements where you like like quick movement up there then there and there again and not sure if assassin's creed or something else no not Assa no not assassin's creed they like freaking zip all over the you could like zip all over the place is while cutting enemies into a combo, then do an air combo, then do a, st a downward stab dive to extend the combo, then downward slash. The combo system is really fluid, really nice, and it's really, it's really well implemented. The art style is rather, <coughs> is rather unique. It's also really detailed. This is all done with, this is all done, all the art is done in 2D, in uh 2D anim, in a 2D, 2D, uh, 2D, 2D art. Animation? 2D art and in a 2D art engine, and it looks really good. Like, like there, there's a lot of fine details, and there's a lot of la different layers to it. And the story was really well done. Basically, basically, you start out with the premises I've said, but then cer some uh, certain other things start becoming more apparent as the story goes on. And then e each of these, uh, each of these characters have like three different endings for each of them. So much so that, and each of these endings are, each of these endings have their own unique merit, have their own unique, um, interest and merit to them. So much so that you will actually want to look through all of them. Is it like the usual thing where you have the good ending, the okay ending, and the evil ending? Um, it's- are there aliens? It's, well, actually the endings have- dog? Oh, well, a lot of the endings actually have to do more with the circumstance. One's like default circumstance ending. The other is is a weird twisted circumstance, like intertwining of faith ending. And the other is the other the the other is kind of like a I'm gonna give you another chance ending. Retry. <laughs> yeah, except you know with life. And now at number six, they say that in every man's life, the first game of this franchise will probably be the game that will stick with him the most in his life. Damn that duck hunt, stupid dog. As quoted by a certain Gerard Khalil, the completionist. And likely the, that will be the case for me because my number six is The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Is that the one where Link's uncle was kind of like drunk or dying and then he got the sword? That was Link to the Past. This is the one where, where Link turns into a moving painting and can get out of being a moving painting. Man, Zelda changed. Yeah, but it went back to top down. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It gets on my list because it gets on my list because of well just how well made the game is. And the fact that the game gives you a lot of openness to handle to handle the circumstances. By a certain point in the game, you will you will have to go to like the different you know you know the you know the thing you know the you know the thing about going to the temples, right? Yes, I hate the puzzles. Yeah, um basically here Basically, once once you're already at the point where you have to go to the different temples to un to un to unlock um like to uh reach to um you know um get to the to like go to different temples to save the seven sages. One of the things you'll notice is that the game does not give you indications as to where to go. You're actually very you're it's very you're very free to choose where and when you want to go to each to each different temple because and apart from that because well one of because you don't have to like unlock items 
necessary items to um, reach other some of the other temples. To the thing that happens is that at a certain point in the game, this bunny this bunny headed guy, a um like takes over your house and turns it into a rental shop. So it becomes Animal Crossing. Yes, it kind of, yes it becomes Animal Crossing. Do you All... also have to pay for your house? No, you no 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 no. You don't yeah, you don't have to pay for your house. You just. Potenti- become a slave? No, you potentially have to pay for all the damage he did to your house because he probably forced all your your furniture in the most uh, crude ways possible. So, so it is Animal Crossing. Hey, at least you get to keep the house. Well, Animal Crossing, they say you do, but then the taxes come. No, here, he, no, here, you, you it's actually like a commentary on life. No, here, he, no, here, they, he lets you keep the house because technically he's the one crashing. Oh, okay, this is a fancy game. Yeah, so basically, the rental shop has all of the items you need to navigate through each of the dungeons. The only, there was only one item there that isn't for rent, but unlo- but, um, unlocking that isn't too difficult and you don't actually have to get out of your way for it. That was, that was the sand rod. But basically, apart, basically, you could rent all the items and use them going into each of the individual du- and basically go into the dungeon in any orders, in any order you want. And, and, um, at a certain point, you could also buy these items off of him. And so basic, so basically that gives you more freedom because if you die, he'll take back his, his little bird drone familiar thing, takes your items, takes all of the items you rented away from you if you die once. And then you have to re-rent them. This sounds like an awesome business strategy. Yeah. And at number five. Uh, number five is the story about the number five is the story about two kids who wish to attain their dreams. No, I'm no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the anime, the anime that was tied into this. I'm at number five is Gundam Breaker, which is essentially, which is essentially a game where you control Gundams, but you don't control Gundams. You control Gundam model kits. So essentially, no, this isn't robot ca- carnage. This is plastic robot carnage. And you go around finishing your state in your your stages, playing in a sit in a fat pattern, kind of similar to Monster Hunter. And you basically you kill your you kill enemy you kill uh en, um enemy gunpla, and then you like put you get their you get their parts from their corpses and build an even stronger gunpla out of those parts. It's like childhood all over again, uh, without the super glue. Yes, and with you know fancy beams. And beam savers and flan- fancy light effects and missiles and yes, yeah, you're hearing all of this and yes, this is co- these are coming from plastic model kits. Man, these Japanese plastic model kits are awesome. Yeah. My model kits just stood up, they just stood still. I'm yeah, apart sometimes. from sometimes. Yeah, that also kind of reminds me that I'm do- that I'm actually running a pro. I'm actually I I brought this up with you. I'm go- I'm running a project uh, where I'm like trying to build uh build up make a build for each of the boys. I uh, and if Mike, if you're ever, if you ever listen to this, know that you are going to be the mo- the derpiest of the derp, because you know this guy over here, like he's Mik- referring to me. Miko, you're ge- not visual yet. Miko gets Miko gets some boss stuff, and I'm giving a freaking beam magnum. Yay! You on the other hand, you're getting like you're getting parts from mass-produced units. Then you have a banana. Um, he can have a, he can have a stand, he can have the very standard basic machine gun. Acceptable. You know, don't worry, I'll make you, I'll make you derp that so you'll have a shiny backpack, but that's about it. You're the comic relief. People love you. You'll never die. Like Jar Jar Binks. Wait. You'll, you'll probably blow up all the time, but at least you won't die. I can assure you that. 
So, at number four... At number four, GTA 5. Four needs some love. That was 2008. I did, And I didn't play that game yet. <laughs> <laughs> the, but yeah, GTA 5, I mean, this has to be on your list just because it's I, GTA 5. They have online and... I didn't care I think for... they have heist, right? I didn't care for online. The hell are you playing this for? <laughs> I... Single player, which remi- which reminds me that it has it has so much content in it, in it, and such, uh, and a huge world where basically before you just saw the birds fly around in the background, you shot at them and they didn't mind and they just minded their own business. Here you can ki- kill all the birds you see. Yes, I did play GTA Go Hunt Around Animals. I do remember this clearly, and. Yeah, and apart from that, you also have the sometimes random circumstances happening around. Like some of these people who are, do, are doing weird crap. Like that one time I remember playing as Trevor and then I just drove onto a highway. There was an empty car and I got zapped. I got zapped by a guy and he said, Oh yeah, this is going to be fun. And the next morning I woke up right in front of the, of the railroad tracks. Uh, uh, Trevor, I woke up in front of the railroad tracks and I was button and I only had my brief on. Number four. <laughs> no, no, that was number four actually. Number, number three. three. <sighs> My number three is going to be the longest named title. Is going to contain a number of top tops of 2013. First, potentially the longest title for a game of 2013. Street Fighter 2 Mega Extreme Edition. Super Robot Wars Original Generation Saga. The Lord of the Elemental 3. Pride of Justice. That is the name. I get <laughs> A game set, a game set in the universe as the Super Robot Wars original generations game set in the underground, ma- in an underground magical alternate world called Lagias with giant robots, magic, and, yeah, and friggin' weird things where you're doing stuff like fighting terror, fighting terrorists and a cult that is trying to rev- that since they failed to revive the god of destruction they're reviving like one of the like guys below the god of destruction why does this sound like a bandai anime it be- are, there, are there tops they're tops right um bandai makes the merchandise bandai namco owns the developers called it yeah that's entirely the point <laughs> oh remember and- kids your toys can destroy evil and if you don't get them, evil wins. Buy now. Buy now. Buy now, and also check out their Amazon link to buy now. And come and ch- do that, and also come to realize that you might actually have, you might actually contain, you might actually contain prana. Prana is in all of us, but prana might be in higher quantities in some of you. Prana is life force, and basically, if you have more life force, you can do things like pilot the elemental lords. Which are, are Masokishin, like friggin' assigned to each element and super powerful mechs and whatnot. Part of the reason why I like this game is also it's really challenging. Pretty challenging. No attachment Scientology whatsoever. <coughs> Pretty challenging because... <coughs> <coughs> is it like a beat-em-up game? or is it It's like- a strategy RPG sty- uh, type of game. Is it like chess? Um... It's more, it's more like, what was that one, that one, uh, a strategy RPG where you had the little, ma- the little robots? And, uh, That's a lot of games, little robots. Like, 
I know Little Big Planet. It's no, that's a platformer. Um, it's kind of like this Gaia. But one of the things I really like about um about uh, Masakishin Three is the fact that um they added more to the world, they added more to the story, and and help flesh out the world more. It's also really difficult. It's also it also can be a really difficult game. I also I gave the game like top top like the the number one longest title 2013. I also tell I can also tell you that it it's the game that harbors essentially the number essentially probably the most broken guy of 2013 and that is Shu Shirakawa and the Neo Grandson. In other games that guy would have been um, that guy would have been doing things like taking a gi- like gi- giant apocalypse lasers to his mech's face, and his mech would only get like what ten damage, and his health is like a hundred thousand, like a hundred fifty, uh, like a hundred fifty thousand. Like, okay, he's broken as crap in other games. Here, they did the unthinkable. They made him balanced. Grants took him out. In my one playthrough, I saw in utter shock and disbelief that Grants took him out in this playthrough. Why is this happening? Well, that's well. This is what happens when you make your game more in extremely difficult. That's what happens when you make your game more difficult than you realize it. Pro- it should be, but then again, that's probably also because they were using a lot of old systems. But still, it was it was it was rather difficult. It can be rather difficult. It was doing things to my head. It was like making my head. Yes, I was on the underground magical. Number one. Number two. I'd say the numbers. Num number two. My number two game would have been my number one game if I was a pre- if I was a pretentious video games journalist. That my number two is Bioshock Infinite. Ah, the game about big people and stuff. No, that was Bioshock. Bio- Bioshock Infinite had big people, but they but the big people didn't like didn't like stalk you every every five minutes. And no, you're not underwater this time. This time you're in a sky city. My Mac plays all the Sim games. Does it? Okay, so does so can you build a house in the sky? Not yet. Wait for that expansion pack. You should. You should. I. You should join. Col- you should. You should probably also join the city of Columbia. Hopefully, hopefully they don't like look at you, look at you the wrong way, and try to zap you. Well, my place is called Columbia. I had the most. I had like the most awesome garden behind it. Yeah. Anyway, so why Bioshock Infinite? Why is that number two? Why are you pretentious? First off, that would have that would have been number one if I was pretentious. <laughs> Second off, Bioshock Infinite because I like the way they implement. I like the way they ha- they implemented the gameplay. I like the way they rewarded you for exploring the world. I like the story. I like the world they made. And plasma crows. No, seriously, plasma crows. You just like throw crows at that, throw crows at your enemies and then set them on fire and electrocute them. Then they're like covered in fire and electricity while shocking and burning your enemies and pestering them enough so that you, so that while they're distracted, you could like shoot them down or do other things to them. Seriously, plasma cross. That's part of the, that's seriously plasma cross. That's actually yeah. That's that yeah. That's that's the reason it's number two. Plasma cross. Yay! And number one. Dragon zero. Being how am I counting? Dragon's crown. Is it Dragon Ball Z? No. Why not? It's it's actually more related <laughs> to Dungeons and Dragons. Yay! Because, Does it have Dungeons or Dragons? Yes. 
Yeah, that's so awesome. The dra- yes, and yeah, and one of the, and one of the dragon bosses is actually Smaug's sister. Yes, his sister. Yeah, because apparently the red dragon and dragon's crown is a chick. He has he also apparently has like hun- hundreds of thousands or millions of sisters because I've like killed fifty of them and everyone else who's played the game like killed fif- killed like fifty each and like they just keep on coming back. So is this game about genocide or? This game's an arcade beat 'em up RPG kind of deal. So kind of it's like kind of genocide, but it's also about finding loot, saving a kingdom, and doing stuff like accomplishing quests and decking yourself out in in Badar's kit and like genocide. super genocide actually. Ah, uh, remember if it's genocide against your enemy, apparently it's acceptable. Yes, especially if the if said enemy is not human, or if it is you, <laughs> or if it, <laughs> or if the enemy is human, if <laughs> you're not one of us, I will destroy your species. Well, no, you <laughs> for the good of the kingdom. <laughs> and actually, it's even that's why we don't have horses. And it's e- no, that no, the horses are fine. The horses are cool here. <laughs> Heck, we even commit genocide against humans for as long as they join the join join the for as long as they harbor people wearing black and called weird names like Morneon. Best game ever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, Paolo's top ten list. Uh, I'm sure some of you just maybe just heard about these new games. I mean, there are lots of games you haven't heard of before. My, I will probably check them out when I finally get get, get a system that's not a Mac or an iPad or an iPhone or anything I related um, or a, a real console at this point. As of, don't you have a PS3? No, no, my nephew has a PS3. Oh, you're borrowing it. Define borrow. <laughs> borrow it every like for about thirty minutes to an hour or so. Ah, oh, heck no, he falls asleep. I take stuff. Oh, oh, ah, uh, oh, right. BTW, my list was technically also the top te- was also technically mostly a pocket game, a mostly a pocket gamer list. We don't condone, we don't condone the stealing of things from little children. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. I'm a broken record now, now aren't I? Anyway, guys, so next week we'll be talking about my top games that I played because seriously, uh, if you don't, you don't want to hear me talk about Mac games for 2013. That's it's it's really 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 sad. How many did you play? Like Mac games? Yeah. <laughs> I read a Mac. How many Mac games did I play? Uh, um, a- any of the ones that you bothered to play? Basically. Yeah, it's, it's no fun. Anyway, guys, so next we will talk about my top 10. Uh, you can say in your list, we'll be talking about the top 10 of you guys, probably in the, I think the next episode after mine, just so that we can cover these things pretty well. Uh, check out Channel 14, check out our other shows as Third World Linux, check out the Sunstar podcast. Check out Bodega Nights whenever whenever we decide to do that one again. Don't worry, we have lots of things in the can. So many things in the can, it's now a barrel. No, it's not a barrel. It's an infinity cylinder that constantly circulates and circulates and circulates. It's coupled in with... Yes, so much content coupled in with all the antimatter that it is actually resisting and overwhelming the antimatter and becoming Bodega Nights matter in its place. Guess right, this is the Off-Tangent section. And with us is our special guest, Zhao, who's been here all the time. I revived this guy, so what do you have to say for yourself? 
He's playing with a Linux because he's in TWL. He has GitHub. 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 And yeah, if you aren't like, this is pretty much a re-recording of our last one because we had a weird issue with my Mac computer causing clicky noises. I thought it was the click of death from a hard drive. No, no, my hard drive is very, very much alive. Last time I checked. Ain't it an SSD? It's something. Like how much? Like two, How much space do I have there? Yeah. 250 gig. That's so much more than my first PC. It's like easy, like, no, 300% more or something. Yeah, or like three hundred. The Pentium two one, right? Excuse me, it was Pentium like three or. Something. Oh okay. I was like running two hundred fifty six MB worth of RAM. DDR. Remember that was like awesome. DDR or DDR two. <laughs> that dance Revo RAM. You know what? My sister actually had the dance dance pad. Yeah. That's actually honestly the dance dance game. Those are things we should probably have a lot more here. I actually see those in arcades, but it's none of that weird stuff I used to see in Japan. I'm think you know what you're just making me think. I know there's a DDR on the PS3. I know one of these days I'll probably head out somewhere. Let's just have DDR Guitar Hero. That'd be so awesome. Like you're freaking dancing around while playing the guitar. I want to do that. That's like the ultimate workout, man. What do you think, Joe? Would you play the DDR Guitar Hero combo extreme? Why? He nods with yes. That's what he gets. If he doesn't answer anything. <laughs> you get you get a yes, man. So tell us what your experience will be. It's going to be spectacular. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I'm hoping they put more new arcade games because, I mean, I don't want, I'd, I'd like to think arcades aren't dying. I just got, uh, if you want to talk about arcades, I kind of just went by the, no- the mall recently, saw lots of nice, saw lots of uh, new, well, not really new arcade games, but I saw also an SM where they had this uh, setup with uh, racing games. Yeah. It was like the nice thing where you wrote, where you actually sat on like a racing car thing and it moved left and right. The way I see it, um, lo- um, at least within this region or sim or regions with similar. Would you say region seven or? No, like I'm talking <laughs> Asian like regions? Southeast Asia. I I would ASEAN. I would say as I would say a Southeast Asia, but this also kind of applies to other re- to other places places with similar uh, with a similar uh, social culture as ours. I don't think I don't notice the. I don't notice the kind of arcades are dying kind of situation that's, you know, prevalent in the US. Though what I am noticing with the arcade, with the arcades is I'm seeing, what I'm seeing more of is like, I'm seeing, what I'm not, one thing I am not seeing more of is, um. Games? No, arcade cabinets. Games. Cabinets, in particular. No, no. Games, you're see some new. You'll see a few new ones, but not the not like the standard cabinets with um uh, with the with the fighting games or whatnot. Yeah, I wish more things were in the closet cabinet. The, these days, you these days you you tend to see like these weird contraptions with like fr- that are like freaking tables or those t- damn tables, friggin' tables or friggin' or friggin' um ma- friggin' machine or. Fr- those damn machine tables with all their lights sparkling and their, make me pay money. And their light guns, like that one time I actually went on the Rambo, Rambo light gun machine back in, back in, uh, back in SM and took both of the guns just to feel like a badass. Well, that's, that's really an old game. I mean, gosh, I, I love those shooting games. Ever played Time Crisis where you used to kind of like use your finger and make them fully automatic and you just kind of like tap it like crazy. 
I mean, those are things I miss in your kids, especially when you're the friends, all the stupid things you do. Not the usual, like, uh, like you know that guy with, like, the, the small bit of quarters fighting a whole bunch of people in the fighting games. Like, this is the old school, go to different cabinets, try it all out with your friends. Yeah. Win tickets to get prizes you never really cared about. There was a period of time where I actually focused solely on the, on the tickets. What did you actually get? I mean, the thing I genuinely get are, like, yo-yos. Oh, I saved enough for Digimon stuff. They had Digimon stuff? Yes, they had Digimon stuff. I How got tickets to that, like 5,000 or 10,000? Uh, I think it was 2,000. What, 1,000, 2,000 tickets? I got that amount for a night for a friggin' transformable Patamon to Angelmon kind of deal. So, looking at it now, how much money did you spend on it? Well, honestly, I wouldn't know because I forgot what exchange rates were back then. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot how much I spent per, per token. Remember when games used to be really cheap? Like I remember, like when I was younger, you could actually play games like five to ten pesos only, and now it's like the uh, cheapest I saw is twenty per game. Let me go back. Let me go back to Time Zone to check that. He ma- Time Zone's arcade. It's it's not like a. <laughs> no, no. If we if we told if we knew how to go back in time, we wouldn't tell anyone. We just we just throw you in. <laughs> We just throw you in. We still don't have a time machine. <laughs> because if we if you if we did know, you, we wouldn't be telling anyone. If we did tell anyone, we'd also throw them in and never and ensure that they never come back. Remember, if you know we have a time machine, we're gonna throw you in a hole. Hopefully, in the, the time of the dinosaurs, so that you don't do any anything weird with history. Joe Zhao, how's the computer? The Douchebook Pro. He's silent because he doesn't want to say anything. Mm-hmm.